Jump it in. So we're done. We're in. Right. There we go. So I think there's there's a space, right, for for fitness to go away from that subscription based. Okay, there is my fear. My fear is that YouTube is going to change the fitness industry, YouTube and TikTok, because people are getting used to a lot of stuff for free, right? So my fear is that you're going to have the big celebrity trainers offering stuff for free all the time just to get the views on YouTube and get paid through the ad system, right? But then the problem with the free stuff is everybody's like, oh, that's great. No, it's not because you're not going to do it. This has been tried before. I can give you, I, I give all my system for free on this time all, all the time. That doesn't mean you're going to do the work to understand it and stuff like that because people do not value free things. What you need is a coach who takes you through the hoops, make you do the stuff, acts as daddy, you know, like, no, do this, do that, like, like martial arts, like all that stuff. You're going to have to earn your way through. You're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to work your way through it. You're going to have to do all this. This is a craft. It takes time and money and sweat and headaches in order to move through. But the YouTube system is going to allow those people to tell you that they have a simple secret to for your biceps and a six-week system to grow 100 kilos on your deadlift and have a six-pack and all that stuff, which is, of course, bullshit. But all they care about is that you have those clicks on YouTube to get the ad revenue. And in the meantime, it's going to kill the smaller craftsmen like me, like Mike and stuff like that, put us out of social media toward small gyms and not necessarily push the stuff forward. That's my fear for the fitness industry because then it's a Starbucks model and that's all we're going to get, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that would be such a waste for the population of coaches, coaches out there that have their heart in the right places, in the right place and want to help people. So I can either bitch about it or I can try to do something about it. So we decided with Mike to do something about it. So we're going to try to, because our place is the, the spectrum place, because him, because of what he does, and me, because I'm in it, and, you know, live through the stuff. And, and we found meaning into helping that population. And then the, the panic attack, the high anxiety people, stuff, there is a need for and so we're going to bring as many coaches so that um, we can start to space, which I think is very needed. Yeah, I think so too, brother. I think um, I think the fitness industry is going to pendulum, dude. I think it's going to go to a to a point where um, you know everything's going to be this quick fix. This you know let's let's get money down. Let's you know kind of kick everyone in and out. This YouTube. Starbucks model, right? And then I think it's going to pendulum back to we need something with a bit more sustenance because that one didn't work. You back? Oh, I'm back. Oh, you're back. One of the two. Yeah. Oh, either one. Well, either we're here. One, yeah. We're here. We're getting into it. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think we're going to pendulum, dude. I think um, I think you are right. I think it's gonna. Unfortunately, the you know human beings are smart, but we're also really dumb at the same time. Like we we like to yeah. polarize in extremes, like like we were saying with history before, right? And um, mm -hmm. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna get worse. I think YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. This hey, how can I make quick bucks by charging you fifty yeah. cents or free or however they're making money, right? 
But eventually, over time, that's going to prove that that model doesn't work and these people aren't actually yeah. being helped. Somebody is just lacing yeah. their pocket with dollars and then running yeah. off into the sunset, right? So when it, whether much. it's 10 years, whether it's 20 years, or however long it is, two years, maybe, who knows? We're going to get to a stage where it's like, oh, the, the secret, quote-unquote, all along was to just do the work. Oh, Who's the right okay. people, yep. I guess that's what we're going to have to do, right? Because we can keep on, you know, running around in circles, but we're not going to get to the finish line. So I guess we're just going to have to start walking forward now. And I think, honestly, I think uh, there are many coaches out there who will understand that. You know, yes. where, where that way of thinking will resonate with them. Yes. And, and so I, I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm going to change the system, right? I'm arrogant, but not that much. Uh, but what I think we can do is offer a space for those people, right? So what we're going to do with Mike is we're going to have like an entire, we're going to start a series of um, seminars on the subject, like how to deal with high anxiety, autism, and things like that, and try to offer a space where they can learn from our experience. And then, the, because uh, right now I'm working um, with the University of Indiana and then UCLA and stuff like that on all this and the testing protocol, because you still need that. Anyway, so we want to offer a space for coaches who are interested in going there, honestly, in, in creating a new, I don't want to say new job, but you know what I mean? Maybe a new direction, right? For the fitness professionals. Like at least it's a direction we can go toward. There's not have to be the only one, but there is all, at least we can create an a direction there, right? A space there. And that's what we want to do because first of all, there is an entire population that is underserved right now, Right. Imagine if you have panic attacks or high anxiety, how are you going to walk into a global gym or a CrossFit gym? Right, CrossFit gym, you're walking, everybody's doing muscle ups and there's chalk everywhere and the music is blasting and no, nobody has clothes on, but they look hot. I, I'm insecure when I walk into a global, I'm like, I'm going to keep my shirt on. I'm a strong man. I do not have the tiny bitch waist that you all have, but that's because I lift heavy. Anyway, that's another problem. But whatever my wife is hot so she can go without a shirt on so there you go i can walk into a strong strong gym and i'm fine but i'm still nervous every time i walk into a global gym after all these years 30 years in every time i'm walking i don't know the people everybody's looking at you funny the place is big so if i'm nervous walking in how does everybody else feel mm. my goodness so there is um so if you have on the anxiety stuff or you're not sure or whatever how do you do this Right, so th there's that too. And then, so what is the answer? YouTube? So I, I, I want to see craftsmen stay in business, right? And to me, I see a vastly underserved population that needs a place to go, and it's not Global Gym. Then it's us, the functional fitness coaches. And we can make a difference. Like, I know a lot of people will not understand how, but trust me, this is what I'm working on, on the very high level on the academic side as well, because they do everything top-down. But they understand that we need a bottom-up as well. There is a space for us to be to help that population. And again, I can either bitch about it or I can try to do something about it. So I was like, all right, well, let's try to do something about it. Let's create that space. And I believe like a lot of cultures will resonate with the idea and will want to learn that side, that no fitness does not have to be losing 10 pounds, the bicep curls only and stuff like that. That The, the human body is more than that. Yes. So I am we deeply start? convinced of that. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to, on the December 3rd and 4th at CrossFit Bloomington, we're going to have a first seminar. 
where we're going to talk about autism, what uh, what we think it is. So it's Mike and I, but there's also Janet Hines, who is as a double PhD at the uh, doing going for that at the University of Indiana. So we're working uh, uh, closely with them, but also uh, Dr. Um, Nasser at UCLA, stuff like that. So we're going to start in December 3rd and 4th. And from there, we'll have a set of seminars for the next two, three years at least. And we're going to create a mentoring program on the side to start creating that space one at a time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's 100 coaches. Imagine 100 gyms in the US or in the world that would offer simply a better place for people that are not your typical gym goer. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them, people that, that want to train, that want to do all that. They just have certain requirements. All right, how about we try to understand what the requirements are and maybe, maybe open a space for that, right? We're understanding, sometimes it's as simple as understanding the, a certain stimulus. Like, for example, my wife is on the spectrum as well, right? So sometimes things get overwhelming. She has the, the bows on, right? So the headphones on. When she's like that, that means she's in her own bubble. Let her squat. She has a thing on, she's squatting, she's her own bubble. She's very, very, very deep into that bubble, like, like good people on the spectrum, right? And one time she's squatting and in between, like she's doing an imam, and she's about to squat and, and the guy goes to tap her on the shoulder. And she, she jumped, as you can imagine. She freaked mm-hmm. out. But it's not because someone touched her. It's because she was in her bubble and you took her out of it, which is very painful almost physically. She was so upset, she talked to me about it for three days. Mm. Guess what? She didn't go back to the gym. So now that gym lost two clients, her and me. Right? Because like, dude, come on. Like, okay, so sometimes it's little stuff. It's that stupid sometimes. You just, maybe that sounds like an unreasonable answer to someone tapping you on the shoulder. And that's true. It is unreasonable to you, but it's not unreasonable to her. Yeah. And no, you didn't know she's on the spectrum, but that's part of the problem. There's no communication on the other stuff. What do you want her to do? To go around in, in the gym and talk to all coaches saying, hi, I'm autistic. Please don't tap me on the shoulder when I'm training. Right. So, like, you're not going to get people doing that either. I'm not going to go and use a megaphone, you know what I mean, and go in the gym. Hey, please don't clean. Uh, don't use cleaning product while I'm lifting. I don't want to be that asshole either. Yeah. But if you do, I'm out because I can't take the smell. Like, I just... All right. So there has to be some way to communicate this. Right, mm. so it's that all the way to what Mike is doing with sometimes kids that are that bite or are very aggressive, right? So it's a lot of people in between, and amongst those people, you have people that get panic attacks if certain things happen or whatever. So again, you don't know about it. That's my point. When I walk into a global gym, no one is ever going to know about this because that's not what the format of the gym is. But in a smaller gym with a head coach. And three, four coaches like your typical CrossFit box or functional fitness gym or small small training place somewhere, we can do that. We can have a communication between the coaches and because you see 10 people at a time. All right, so you have an intake process. By doing that intake process, can we talk about it? And maybe on your your stuff, you ask, hey, by the way, do you have those sensitivities? Or how do you ask that? Mm -hmm. What are the words you can use or whatever? We'll teach you all that because that's what we do all the time. And then, and we can teach you to read certain things and, you know, like certain signs or, and ask people and then don't say certain things, <laughs> like don't tap people on the shoulder. Or, uh, and to some people, you go like, oh, what? I'm like, well, it's because you don't know and that's okay. I'm not, 
That's okay not to know, by the way. But yeah, you don't know what you, you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And that's the one of the best things is that. Is don't yeah. know what you don't know. But then let me show you what it's like on the other side. So that, again, we can, there's a vastly underserved population out there that you are the best, best person in the world right now positioned to help. You have your small gym, your functional fitness, you understand movement because you do running all the way to snatching if you're a CrossFit box. You understand movement better, maybe not perfectly, maybe not even that well, but better than the dude at the global gym who only uses machine. Better than the powerlifters who can't do past five reps without having a heart attack. Or the Olympic weightlifter that outside of maxing out doesn't understand what training is about. He's never going to do bicep curls because that's for the process at the global gym, right? Even though he needs it. Right. So CrossFitters are kind of those in between that that are the most open-minded people in the fitness industry I've seen to date. It's still the CrossFit people. Agreed. And most of them seems to have their heart in the right place. I've not, I've yet to see people who want to help their community like CrossFit coaches do. CrossFit people in general. That community idea, that there's a powerful thing right there. Right. So I got to tell you, in that community, you have some people that cannot walk into your gym because the environment is not suited for them. All right. Let's see if we can... Find somewhere in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Find a place for that population. Even from a business perspective, it's good for you because that underserved population cannot go anywhere but to your gym. So let's do that. It doesn't require that much. It just requires knowledge, right? And you already have a lot of it with the movement. I'm like, all right, so let's go just a tiny bit forward and let's see if we can create an inviting place just by tweaking a few things. And it can be done, you just need someone who has enough experience to know how to do it. Well, it turns out Mike has been doing it forever. Let's use that. Yes, people from panic attacks all the way to severe ASD. All right, so gain from that experience. See where you want to be, but there is a space for you. Mm. It's just finding what that space is. By the way, for you, not for Mike, not for me, for you. Who do you want to serve? If you're a coach, that means you want to serve your community. All right. Well, let's let's try to develop that and see whatever you want to go as a human being. Right? What what is meaning to you? What would create a deep meaning toward coaching to you? So I gotta tell you, I'm at a stage where an extra 10 kilos on a deadlift is less interesting as dealing with people with severe panic attacks or or stuff like that. Like I did, we did a round of testing for that doctor at UCLA. Fine, for so he was testing the system, basically, my, my stuff to see if he was doing whatever um, I said he would. So I, I think I was being tested more than the patients. But anyway, right. Um, but what I saw is that, so long story short, there was a lady, uh, like severe panic attacks, like severe, severe, like she ended up uh, in a hospital in the suicide ward and everything. So like bad stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tough history. Anyway, uh, we did three sessions. After two sessions, the day after that, so I see her every other day, she's having a rough day. And she has pills for that, right? Uh, she has OCD as well. Like she was having a rough day. But because of the two sessions we did together, she was about, she, she could delay taking the pills for two hours. Now, I got to tell you, two hours is an eternity when you're suffering from panic attack and stuff like that. She lasted two hours without taking the pills. She was so proud, so happy about that. And I was like, that I did not expect that. As a result, mm. I will, if you ask me, I would have said no fucking way in two sessions. Can I make you delay taking that pill by two hours? That was an incredible achievement. By the third session, she was so happy. She, 
because that was the number of session I had with her for the testing. She asked if she could if she could stay and come back at Mike's gym to train because she liked the effects on herself so much. There you go. Three sessions, man. I was like, all right, that's it. Like this made me happier than, I don't know, I feel like I'm something happened in the world, if that makes sense. Now, I mean, like they, this made me happier than any PR on the deadlift, mine or one of my athletes, honestly. Yeah, man, it gives you something. It gives you meaning. You know, it gives what you do something. meaning. It's, it's something more there. Meaning. There's sustenance. Right. You know, it's like, I it's always feel exactly like. for um, your soul. For your soul, exactly. I always feel yeah. when we get a PR, right? <clears throat> Say, for example, you PR your deadlift or your back squat or whatever. It's fantastic and you feel great, but it's superficial. Oh. Yeah. And then you leave There's the gym one. and you forget about it. <laughs> right. It's over. Yeah. Or even five minutes later, you try to put more weight and you fuck your back up. Yeah. 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 Ego takes over, right? And you're just like, fuck's yeah. sake. I did why yeah. can't I learn this? Five more. So five more kilos. Yeah. <laughs> Go until yeah. you fail. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Failure, bro. Um, but if someone else could turn around to you like and says, Hey, I feel welcome now, or I'm having look that example managed to sustain it for two hours before taking some medication, right? Or if uh, an individual comes in and goes, hey, I quit my job because my confidence has gone up. I quit that toxic job. Yeah. I've now what um, studying full-time, part-time, whatever, to do something I've always wanted to do, but never had the balls to do it. And you're just like, whoa, hold on a minute. That's because you've seen someone come in, right? And you've accommodated for that individual. I think the soft skills in our job is the most important, right? I get it's fantastic. The the hard skills are great. We need some base level of knowledge. Yeah, great. Granted. Okay. You can't come in not knowing anything about fitness, right? You need something. But then also, how do you deal with people? How do you communicate? How can you feel the energy of the room change as somebody people, walks right? in and you're like, they're not, they're not on today. Like this person doesn't right. want to walk in. Exactly. You're like, how do I exactly? Adjust? I've got a. This is my role, like, right? You don't look okay today. Like, yeah, obviously, mm, yeah. It's like Something fishy senses, there. Right? Yeah, that, right? Exactly that, and that. I and I think people will will know exactly what you mean by that. And again, that's my biggest fear that YouTube will will just beat the sh beat that out of us. Mm -hmm. that thing where we go hmm that person does not look on today and well let's do the same anyway that's not my job yeah. i mean and it's not it's not a job it's just helping someone else dude. like they and there are ways to do this the idea that it's not your job like the psychologists do that and everything i'm like right but it, it, it's not that simple we can still help like Again, movement has a profound effect on people, right? And if you can just, again, as you say, boost the confidence a bit, make them feel better, there they are ways to do all this. There are ways to do all this. Mm -hmm. And trust me, the science is there as well. And that's why we're going to start proving more and more with Mike is because that's why the UCLA, the University of Indiana, all that stuff is to show like, no, 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 no. There is testing. There is a science behind all that. And you can do this as well. Maybe not up to a certain level, but that's fine. You can still help so much up to your level. And then let's learn more. Then let's let's get better at this, but let's at least have a field, a place there where we can all start helping more. I, again, like it's not, there's not good or bad. There's just better or worse, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, I just want that space to get better. That's all. Mm -hmm. But I, I think it's a, it I think it'd be very dangerous if we lose this because if we don't bring that, then who? Like, I know I've learned so much from Jiu-Jitsu, for example, from martial arts, right? 
And imagine if they had like a global gym version of Jiu-Jitsu. I would not have learned anything. I learned because my coach strangled me 3,000 times telling me, stop fighting. Just let go, find the flow. He's like, what do you mean? And then he, you know, strangled me, like probably literally me 3,000 times, I'm sure. Uh, until I finally go like, oh, is that how this works, right? So he needed, I needed John Machado to pound me for like three years for me to, you know, learn my own game and learn to find the flow instead of fighting everything. This was a life lesson. It was just not just Jiu-Jitsu. He went so much past just that, right? But that's a coach. That mm-hmm. wasn't a global gym. That, that wasn't the UFC gym where you go spar with that UFC. No, 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 no. It was a coach who looked at me and tried to talk me far more than Jiu-Jitsu. There is a place for this, right? We, we need this. As human beings, we need that space. Yes, we do. We teach life through the medium of fitness. I Just like martial arts. And I think that's the way I look at it. I look at it yep. as fitness, as jujitsu. I think the, the same lessons can be learned from jujitsu, just like from pushing a sled, just like from all that. To me, it's the same thing. Yep. I've never seen jujitsu fitness as just a mean to getting a bigger bicep. Of course, I want that. But that's not the entire point either. For me, there was a meaning in training, in pushing a sled. Do I want to look jacked and, and you know, a bit leaner? Of course, like everybody else. Like, who doesn't like the mirror, right? But at the same time, there was always a much deeper meaning to all this, where there, there was a question being asked when I pushed the sled that I had to answer every time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know the question, when you start pushing and everything starts hurting, right? We all, we all understand exactly what that question is. I was like, all right, well, answer, let's answer it. But, I can only answer it if a place is offered for that. And so I think we need to do this. Otherwise, that place will go away. Must that's dangerous. You know, that's dangerous. Like, I think it won't be good for, for people and, and especially young men. It'll be, it's a dangerous place if we don't offer that space. Yes. And I think it, it segregates parts of the de- demographics of people, right? And the biggest thing mm-hmm. for me is equal opportunity. You know, growing up west yeah, side of Manchester, always. no pennies to go around, crime, violence. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm just like, well, you got the haves and the haves nots, and the have nots can't do anything. The only thing that they can do is usually the wrong things to be able to get what they need, right? And I was like, right. how do we across everything? I don't give a fuck. Like across everything, how do we get people to this line of accessibility and fitness? Whether it's neurodiversity, whether it's yep. bloody money whether it's i don't give a fuck how do we get people to this line and then they decide where they want to go great yeah but, but our, our job is to take a meritocracy right? in place yeah and, and me I, I for me it's again like i see the plight of young men and less and less space where that, those questions can be answered and that's a problem because yes. even from a personal level without that space i have no idea where i'll be today but it wouldn't be a good place yes i can i know that I know that. And the space I found where I could answer those questions were jujitsu and fitness, was pushing myself under the weight or on the mat. And I, I, I don't want that to see that space go away because like, even from a society perspective, I think it would be a bad idea to leave those questions go unanswered in young men. Yes, 120%. That sounds like a dangerous thing to do as a society, right? And so... There is a need for that. And don't, I'm not excluding women. Don't get me wrong. Like, ladies, you are always welcome to the gym and I want you to 
like CrossFit has proven one thing is that women can go very high volume with very high intensity training and look at the physical results of CrossFit in a 10 year. CrossFit has changed training for women forever. Mm -hmm. So I want that to continue. But there is a space for you, lady, that is not always easy to find for young men. And so, like, we need, as you said, equal opportunity across the whole spectrum of people from people on the spectrum to not on the spectrum, to young men, to young women, to all your crowd and everything. So I don't want the... I don't want that space to become just a, star, a Starbucks version. I want it. I want to see more knowledge. So I want to see a specific space. Stay. To do that, we need to give more knowledge to coaches. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the only solution moving forward. And so we're like, all right, so let's, again, I can bitch about it or try to do something about it. So I can't change the system. That's obvious. But what I can do is at least provide a, a place for coaches to learn and then Let's see what happens from there. I mean, I got mm. that's about as far as I can offer. And so at least I'll offer that. And then hopefully, even un until the, you know, it starts swinging the other way, we can, we can keep a certain amount of space open. Mm. And if we do that, I think we'll benefit, we'll still benefit society as a whole. So to me, it's a very important thing. I think, I think the problem is most people come in as a specialist or as an expert, right? And they throw yeah. those terms around. Yeah. It's like, you're not an expert of fucking nothing, mate. You know, outside of your thing, yeah, yeah, of course. But they come in, they they pass their level three PT qualification. I was like, I'm a weightless yeah. specialist. I was like, no, no, you're not a specialist, mate. You just got out of PT school, and you've been right. wearing trackies and bloody shoes for two weeks. Like, you ain't no specialist. Get out on the dance floor, figure it out, help people. Great, for twenty High years five for fucking twenty years, man. Exactly. That's, and then an expert is twenty years. Otherwise, I'm sorry, it's like being a black belt in jiu-jitsu is ten years. But add five years to that, and now you now you're an expert in jiu-jitsu, but not before that. Agreed. Yeah, you know I mean, like this is why I like jiu-jitsu too. Is like if you've been a black belt for five years, yeah, okay, outside of Gordon Ryan, obviously. But uh, you know what I mean? Like this is when you can start to call yourself a certain thing. Uh, YouTube allows you to look super smart because you have a million followers. But give me a break. Like you want to learn from lifting? Go talk to Dave Tate who's been doing this shit for 30 years now, yep. right? And coaching, and, and he went through the grinder himself and all this stuff. He's like, all right, those are the people you want to listen to, right? But the, that whole crowd, give me a break, right? Like, so that's what hyper-specialization has its own cost. And the cost is exactly, uh, is exactly that. It's just outside of that little field that you're in, you don't know that, you don't know squat. Right? The problem is most of the time, it comes with arrogance and they try to expand that hyper-specialized knowledge to everything else in life. And that's where the mistakes happen. Ego, right? Uh, intellectuals, man. And then when you start, you know, to go to a hyper-specialization, you become an intellectual in your own field. And then problems start. Mm. Every time. Every mm. time. That's, it's such a dangerous place to be. I got a question. Yeah. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? The greatest piece of advice, um, of life advice, it was, the, a lot of them were from, uh, you know, philosophy or things like that, like um, from a person directly, like it wasn't specially a piece of advice, but it was my first coach, right? So I'm 18, I did some, I lift weight in the gym and, and stuff like that. And I have an idea, of course, at 18, I know everything, obviously, because I'm 18, right? Um, 
and I've lifted weights for a year. So obviously I know as much as they state, for example, like because I read Flex magazine. So a year means I've read 12, 12 Flex magazine once a month. So now I know everything there is to know about bodybuilding too. And, uh, but I find it a bit boring, let's be honest, because I don't know how to train. Um, and I go into um, a gym that is training people in MMA. And so, because I've seen Hoyce Gracie and all that stuff. And they were, there is that tiny Thai guy that comes from, he was actually from Vietnam, but he lived in Thailand, competed in Thai boxing, but also learned wrestling and some jujitsu. And he's teaching the class. And he's teaching change even at 19 change 18 to 19 change my view of the world suddenly because suddenly it wasn't about just strength it wasn't about muscling my way the, suddenly it wasn't simple it was about technique knowledge and the first thing it did was to make me teach the warm-up and that's how i found myself i found myself teaching not competing not beating people up mm. and it was such a strange experience because I realized that uh, torturing people was that way was as much fun as beating them on the mat. Does that make sense, right? So he's putting me in charge of the warm up, and there's 20 people, and I'm and because he, he see me uh, train my own way, and he was like, "All right, I want you to kill them on the warm up so bad that those 20 people become 10 people because we don't have enough mat to ac- to um, accommodate 20 people." I'm like, all right, I got that. So I murder everybody for three weeks. And the 20 people turned into 40. And he was like, what are you doing? That's not what I asked. I was like, I don't understand. The more I kill them, the more they come back. But I was like, hey, maybe I'm good at this, right? And so, and I discovered that I absolutely loved torturing people. Go figure, right? There's a sadist <laughs> in me. But I was like, I'm kind of good at this. And I had a thrill at seeing people do better, mm-hmm. right? Not me, someone that I didn't even know. But suddenly two weeks in, they go like, hey, you're moving better. And then I tell them that, and there's a smile on their face. And I'm like, that is so weird. I would have never understood that smile till David, that was his name, started coaching me. He showed me a different world through his, he was so humble and patient and cared that much. And he showed me a world I did not know existed. I had no positive male figure growing up. Mm. And he showed me another world that so a man can be humble and kind and care and loving in that way, right? And still be a badass fighter who can kick my ass, even though it's 40 kilos lighter than me, at any moment. And I was like, so you can be a badass and strong and yet kind at the same time. For me, a man was Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator. Mm -hmm. I mean, so he's all calling the barbarian, choose one. Um, And then suddenly, Real life happens, as it usually does. And I see that man that is strong yet kind in a way that I did not understand. But then it changed that punk that I was at 18 into a better version. And a year in, I'm teaching the the warm-up, and I see certain smile on people's faces that I don't understand because I'm trying to kill all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet they seem to like it. And... That was, that's when things changed for me, basically. That's really like a second life started then. Like, I don't know that it was my second life, but at least there was a second beginning there where I started to look at things differently. And I think that's where my respect for Jiu-Jitsu grew out of, is that experience from my first coach where I was like, oh, 
I guess I was wrong, which yeah. was very hard to tell me at that age. Like that is not something that was easy to tell me when I was 18 because I wasn't wrong about anything ever. But the man, like, and he taught me not by words. He's just, he was, he was just that. Uh, twice a week, three times a week, he was just doing that. And mm. in a way, that was the best life advice I've ever got. Was his, his presence, his behavior, his humbleness, his kindness, uh, just unwavering. Just, it was just a rock of teaching. Like he's uh. still, my, still the best coach, not technically, but still the best coach to this day. It's funny how they stay with you, right? Oh, always. 30 years. They change your life. Still, David and Gwe- Oh, yeah, 100%. No question. They change 100%. your life. You're on a, you're on a path. I have to no idea where I was way. going. Yeah. Boom. And, and 90 degrees. We're not talking like, you know, five degrees to the left. No, no, no. 90 degrees. Like, I have no idea where I would be without David. Yeah. And he didn't have to. He just had to be. Yeah, that's it. He was just, just who he was, was the greatest lesson of life. Just who he was, man. I was like, all right. He changed my view of manhood by being, basically, more than anybody else has ever, has ever done. It's kindness. Wow. Yeah. So and it shows. And that's why it's so important that we create and keep these environments right we we need exactly. more stories like this of people going mm-hmm. down a whether it's a wrong path or a not so optimal path let's be honest not the best one not yeah. the best one okay you don't have to learn that lesson mate we can have some foresight of that's probably not where we need to go and then bang we shift and we do something else and it's it's so funny how teaching and coaching can then teach us so much you know, I, I say yeah. it all the time. Coaching saved my life. 100%. Coaching saved my life. Yeah, and, and I've learned so much. You find so much better by giving, turns out. Yes. Like, the act of coaching felt better than any competition I won. Don't get me wrong. I, I won strongman competition, and I felt like a badass for 10 minutes, and it was awesome. But the true joy that I got out of everything was – was that lady who waited two hours for appeals? Well, like you get more out of that. Yes. Like I just, everybody out there that is young enough to think like you will find joy in winning competitions. Yeah, to a degree, to a degree. But trust me, not the greatest joy you will find in life by a mile. Like it's still the relationship is the people you help along the way. The, the competition, man, that shit goes away mm-hmm. a lot faster than you would like. Yeah, I agree. Like at some point, you look back and you were like, yeah, sure. Mm. All right. Doesn't doesn't make you feel warm at night. That's for sure. At first, but medals, man, I have some. I look at them and I'm like, who gives a shit? Mm. Eventually, they turn into what they are, a piece of metal. The people you helped matters more. And we need, but we need a space for that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what I really, really don't want to see go away is that space. Because men, women, like we all need that space. And so, but it's a hard time right now, especially after the pandemic and everything. It's, it's, it's a difficult place to be. So uh, knowledge is what moves us forward. So let's, let's not forget that. Let's not, getting shit for free is great. I get it. But usually you don't learn anything from it. 
like you, you need to put the sweat, you need to put the time, you need to put the money because money means it matters to you because you're going to have to work for it, stuff like that. Like I paid my membership every month and just give you an idea, when, when I was at John Machado's, right, my jiu-jitsu teacher, like the second teacher that mattered so much to me, mm-hmm. I was teaching classes for him and, and my techniques and everything. I was still paying 200 bucks a month membership. Uh-huh. while teaching classes. I didn't teach classes to get my membership for free. I still pay the membership because respect, because that's his school. And I'm supposed to teach because he's my teacher. So I'm supposed to pay that back by helping the white belts move forward mm-hmm. while still paying my membership. Yeah. You don't have money, then work more. That, that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's okay. He has to mean something to you. And if it's given, I got news for you. If it's not earned but given, it won't have meaning to you. That's just a fact of life. Every time I've given free assessment, do you know what my success rate has been? Zero. 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 I charge 350 per assessment. I've given many for free because people are like, oh, like, all right, sure. Don't, I'll, don't, I won't charge you. Success rate, zero. Because mm. it doesn't matter then because you're not paying for it. So be careful with that YouTube shit. It's like it might fill your head, but you won't do much with it. I agree. My entire, my entire system is for free on the internet. You can listen to the podcast. You can see the YouTube videos. I think I've talked about everything out there. Guess what? People still, still pay, can I pay you every month just so you can say it to me? Yeah, because that's the only way we all learn. That's why. Yeah. yeah. That's just the way it is, man. Yeah. That's okay. That's those human beings. It's fine. So knowledge. So we're going to do mentoring program and let's teach you. Amazing. Let's move that space forward. Let's, let's move that space forward. Dude, I'm in. There you go. I'm in. I'm solved. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm solved. Yeah. One other time. So that matters to me. It's just, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's surrounding yourself with people with fucking fire and passion in their eyes to just do something. And our thing is to help other people. Right. And we use the, the medium of fitness and that's fucking great. But Let's do it. As you said, pa- passion, man, like that's YouTube. Everybody like, I don't know if you noticed, but all the, all the YouTube videos about strongmen and powerlifters and, and fighters, they all start to look the same. You get the behind yep. the scenes and yep. you get the, the clean cut video and everybody looks like it's a Marvel movie because everything is edited a certain way. And I'm like, yes, you can all do the thing. Good. Now what? Yeah. It just looks the same now. Is that the point? Mm-hmm. Like, can we just forego that shiny bullshit and actually get to knowledge? Not everything has to be perfectly crafted all the time. Like that's just, you all, you all realize how much bullshit that is. Mm-hmm. Like they're selling you something. Yeah. Trust me. If it's for free, they're selling you something. Somewhere down the line. Anyway, we're going to get mm-hmm. kicked out again. I just want to say thank you, brother. Okay. This, this appre- I pleasure, appreciate man. this so much, man. My pleasure. We have to speak soon. And we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk soon. My man. All right. Have a good Cheer day. Man. Bye, everybody. Pleasure.